Change all your settings to the default. It's Uncle Says. Uncle Says. We're a weekly podcast discussion of making short films for YouTube, transmitting live to tape here in lovely Wu Studios in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. I am your host, Emily, and with me in the background is Peter. Also live to tape. <laughs> and we've got quite a show for you tonight. A word at the top of the hour. First, not sure when this will be going up. We usually aim for Sunday night, Monday morning, but it is currently the National People's Congress in Beijing, and so our internet connection has been a little bit spotty. So I hope, I hope you're hearing this one day. Um, but anyway, if you are hearing this, we've got a show in five segments. How's Your Uncle? In which we kind of let you in on our life life. Um, conducting business where we talk about the logistics of running a YouTube channel and kind of the behind the scenes what we consider the boring stuff but in an interesting way and then we'll take you through commentary which is behind the scenes action on each of the videos we posted this week next up is homeschool film school where Number we talk four. where we talk more generally about an aspect of filmmaking that Peter and I have learned about. Uh, this week we'll be talking about on-location filming. And then finally we bring it home with a watch it recommendation of media that we've enjoyed that we think you might enjoy too. So let's kick things off with a little How's Your Uncle? So How's your uncle? My uncle's good. <laughs> I just went back to school two weeks ago. We started the spring term and this week we started, I started teaching classes. Elective teachers don't teach the first week Neither at my school. I. And Peter never teaches. But I just started teaching classes and because it's kindergarten and our kindergartners in China are very young, they start at two years old, the kids are very much still shook up about having to go to school all day. There's still a lot of crying and I miss mommy and, and I miss grandma and his grandpa. They miss, they miss everybody. Um, but there's two very funny moments happened this week. One was the principal was helping a kid, you know, wander around. And the kid was just sobbing and saying, I miss mommy. And the principal, not in a mean way, but just, she said back to the kid in Chinese, because they're speaking Chinese, she said, we all miss mommy. It's true. <laughs> Which, you know, it is, it feels, if you're not annoyed by all this crying, which certainly happens too, it does feel like you're in the presence of a sad human and you'd like to make that better. But the way you make that better is um, by being calm and, and assuring them that mommy will come back or grandpa will come back to pick them up at the end of the school day, but now we're having school. But there's one more kid. So I had a class that was all my youngest kids. They're all new this term. 
and they are just not having it. I would say two out of the 20 of them were not crying. One of them wears his backpack and holds his milk thermos all day so he is ready the second mom shows up. If mom shows up now, he's ready to go. He just does not take that backpack off, which is adorable and a little bit Korean, uh, as we say in Chinese, a little bit pitiful. Oh, pobrecito. That's three languages for you. Um, so anyway, that's been a little bit stressful because it's not super fun to be around crying babies all the time, but they'll, they'll settle in. We'll all settle in and it'll be okay. So, there's that. Um, so let's move on to conducting business. All right, our business this week, we have a small one and a big one. The small one is we have another schedule change. We have decided to change our posting schedule to two days a week, down from three. One, and this will be one previously posted video and one brand new video, one new vlog giraffe video. The reason for this being coming up, we have some even bigger videos from the archives than we had done before. And we wanted to give those a space. We wanted to give them their half a week to, to find an audience and to breathe. They're, they're some of our biggest projects we're really excited about them. And so we thought they needed some space. And also... They like clock in going from like, we started out with two, five, eight minutes to now like 17, 20. Yeah, and, and the other reason being that the, the big behind the scenes project we're working on has gotten even bigger. So we figured if we could buy ourselves six months of time instead of three months of time, that's, we can use all the time we can get. So that's, you won't unfortunately hear any details about that for at least half a year, but probably not for another year, but just know there's something coming. So that's our schedule change. We'll have a Wednesday video, a Saturday video. One's a new giraffe. One's a legacy from the archives video that we made last year. And then our big conducting business topic this week is that Peter made a new channel trailer for us. And so, Peter, what's exactly the purpose of a channel trailer? Basically, when you come onto uh, somebody's home channel page on YouTube, you need something where if you were found in, uh, you found a video, in, let's say you find a video and suggested alongside, recommended somewhere, somebody shares it, sends it to you. You like the video, you go to that person's channel, and they'll give you an array of all the videos that they have. So at the top, you have one video, which is a, basically like a trailer, like a movie trailer or a TV trailer, that describes in a very, as short as you possibly can, everything about what it is that you do, so that they can maybe decide whether they can subscribe to your channel or not. Mm -hmm. And we've done a couple different trailers. Our first attempt at something that had that kind of information in it was the PBS, or as we in-house refer to it as PBS, the Keep Your Freaking Money um, 
Sort of. Plus, well, we, subscription pledge. Not including so it was, that one, though. We have like about five or six of them. Yeah. But that was like the first one we did for that purpose, kind of. Which well, is not really. Because <laughs> well, it doesn't. Because that one's ten minutes long. We're, yeah, it doesn't looking, quite fit because it's too long, but it was the first video we made that was like, here's what our channel is, rather than just a video of. Whatever. Yeah, we, we made a theatrical experience out yeah. of it. But, so we had other trailers, and some of them were kind of... Just music, or... Yeah, edited together clips, clips with music, or... I like the, the one that you did with the nine months video oh. that was like a small snippet from each video from the very beginning up to that point. That was our, our last one that we've been using yeah. for a while. But then that one became dated as of the end of last year so yeah we needed to get something something new up there so we cut an, uh, cut a, about a minute off from that one and fit in another like 20 videos <laughs> yeah and so the main reason being that we wanted to include some of the draft work now that that's become kind of a, a main part of what our channel does and i think you also tried to edit it in a way of like picking out sentences that Give a, a, a bigger scope as to what we do, what we, that we, you want to essentially dumb it down as fast as possible to like, if somebody finds their cha your channel, they have no idea what you're about. Yeah, so it's your introduction. Yeah, so, so you want to say, I'm from, I'm, I'm in China, I'm American, I live in China, I, uh, you know, this is what I do, tune in every week for and me some, to do this. And some channels do make a whole video where talking right to the camera hi i'm emily da, 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 da. this is our channel and what peter did was find equivalent introductory sentences from videos that we already had done so it is it's still a collage piece um but, but it introduces hopefully uh, yeah uh, the gambit of the different kinds of what to expect if you were to see or if you were to subscribe please subscribe yeah <laughs> please subscribe here and on hello foreigner um, and Western Toilet. And Western Toilet. Western Toilet is our music channel. Um, but yeah, so we made that new channel, the trailer, this week. And it's a lot of fun. You should go check it out. Yeah, in, then, in less less than a week, I guess. We're, well, we don't know because the internet's down. But yeah. last we checked, we were just about at 100 views. So that's... Oh, wow. When did you put it up? Monday? It's okay. Sunday now. Okay. So in a week, it did about 100 yeah. Which is good for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we don't know how many people are actually looking at our channel page directly as opposed to just, like, finding us out in the ether somewhere. But it's something that, like, if it's... It, if someone lands on your page and it's not there, that's a big problem. Because you want... There's the the... The deal with the internet is, it is decentralized. <laughs> I mean, the, the decentralization is its benefit, but it does also mean all information is kind of floating out there without any context. So this is your chance to give context to someone if they've come yeah, to as, your content. As somebody who, who surfs around looking for new channels all the time to subscribe myself, the, the, it, it does take a while. If you find somebody that you like, you might want to check out like five or six other of their videos and you still might not get what they're doing. You, maybe you like some aspect of it, but you're like, I don't know if they, 
if they're somebody that reviews maybe a product I like, I don't know if they do, you know, whatever. Yeah, is this, clothes is or this their a makeup food or, tasting channel? Is this a, what yeah. do they do? And it's very, it's, it sounds a lot easier than it actually is to do, to decide what your channel is about. Um, you could, a lot of people will say like, let's say I review makeup. And, but then you vlog about like what, you know, your significant other has done and then another video you go back to makeup but then another video you cook some vegetables and then another video you talk to your mom and then another video right. you're That's... fixing your car and then I have no idea what you're doing. So it's, it's kind of hard to stay focused and that's kind of what the... the the trailer should do is say like I do this one thing come yeah, back this, here this is what your focus is you can always count on me for this kind of content because none of us is that personable that you're just looking like what's that girl up to today <laughs> <laughs> what do you do yeah. when you sit around doing nothing <laughs> what's every thought that crosses your mind tell me oh, those are the popular That's... channels though <laughs> but I mean the they're, they're sold on the basis of a personality. Yeah. And I don't want to... Well, usually those are, those kind of come along with... They're for younger people and they're for, like, you know, I shot a BB gun at my brother's butt or I threw a turtle off a roof or something, like... Right, so it's, like, it's not no theme. It's yeah, they're, they're, mayhem as yeah, a theme. Yeah, their theme is I'm a jackass and, and I'm being a jackass like the yeah. show Jackass. yeah. Those are the big pop. But it's not ones. like, oh, here's a school day. Oh, I cooked a dinner. Oh, I here's a short story I heard. Here's if you're entertaining here's enough, some jokes. You can be somebody who's maybe teaching you how to tile your bathroom and actually be a really personable person. Right. That you're you're it's fun to watch. Just like T V. But I think that that kind of that requires actual performance, I think, to to carry it off long term. Yeah. Because I think otherwise you run the risk of, like we were talking about, a channel that Peter likes that some of his fans like him in a mascotty way of like, maybe they don't respect him, but they're like, look at what that kid's doing. Yeah. But it's like, that's not necessarily a good... They might be fans because they enjoy making fun of you. He yeah. It's weird yeah, yeah. or this person is... And then you become a meme, and oh, this is yeah, how no the one, No one wants to be a if meme. If you're watching this on the internet, this is how the internet works. <laughs> but so anyway, the trailer says what your focus is, and if, if you don't have a focus, making that trailer can help you find your focus, and the focus is super important to keeping your work flowing. And yeah, the, the, the part about putting it... So like if we got almost 100 views or so this week, it's not really something that you kind of promote out there as a new video. It's basically something that when people land on your channel, and your channel homepage, we kind of tend to think people don't go to the channel homepages, but the, the tutorial people that tell you how to make your YouTube pages say that they do. Um, so that's maybe, they, that's maybe on popular channels they do. Yeah, maybe they do. I'm not sure. I don't see a lot of people putting a lot of work into their home channels. But the basic line is that it's your storefront. So if somebody comes yeah. into your store, that you you want to see that there's product on the shelf and that they um, can identify what it is. Yeah, and there's very little chance on this platform to give yourself any context. This is your chance yeah. to give context to what you're doing. It could be your one shot, yeah. whether, whether somebody becomes yeah. a fan, a subscriber, 
Yeah. Let's move on to commentary. So, we still put up three videos in the last week. We're moving to two next week, but we put up three last week. One about fishment. One is Taobao, shopping on Taobao and avoiding the scams. And then the... Field notes? Field notes, which was like our big... It was a pretty big deal the first time around, and it's a big deal this time around. Um, but let's talk about Fishmint, which is our brand new giraffe vlog of the week. Fishmint is a disgusting plant that I hate, but sometimes it comes into your life anyway. Don't, don't spoil. <laughs> That's the gist. Go watch the video. Um, but this... we're finding our stride with with the giraffe and sort of a weekly vlog. Of, yeah. Now you have some segments. I think Fishmint, we took that commentary last, that last week we talked about um, that the story was too slow, so we snappy story, right into the other segments that are a part of the draft vlog, and lots and lots of action. Peter did a lot of, or some, some animation for this one. Yep, um, a little bit. Well, there's a lot of graphics that go all along that are yeah. kind of animated, but actual animation. Um, but we have a... Talking fish. fish. We had the, the almost talking baby baby you giraffe. Oh, that's right. We did have we had had animation. So I've been incorporating yeah. it more and more, but it, it gives us the the snappiness. Is it still takes? It was still a five minute video. Yeah. Um. With so, four segments, so. Yeah. So um. we're we're really trying to to figure out what that pacing is of like get in there, get some fun information, get mm -hmm. some some fun graphics, some fun music, and yeah, and get in and out. But the animation, I wanted to mention, because Peter does it, he, you, for the giraffe and for the fishment, you draw a sketch on an actual piece of paper. Yeah, paper. We scan that in, and then for the fish, you drew different mouth openings. Is that yeah, what you did? Yeah, I, I usually, I'll, um, I did the same with the giraffe. I'll just alter the drawing. Yeah. In, in Photoshop, I'll draw different mouths and different eyes. And just and frame by frame, replace the different parts yeah. that are moving with movement. Um, which so is you're doing how like, animation works. Yeah. But there are once you get bigger than that, aren't there programs? Yeah. So you could actually like like what we're like just where doing. you'd program in the movement and the it's not like yeah. you have to draw every frame. Yeah. This anymore. is this is like old school. Like we're 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 the closest thing to flipping a flip book of like yeah. six drawings. Yeah. Um, Which I think is really neat. <laughs> but yeah, there's the the next step is to actually take it into programs that will you know you can start to do rotoscoping and all that. Mm -hmm. But for now, we're pretty we're as old school as you can get and still be digital. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was nice, and then so we had the fish character was voiced by Fishman. You. Um, so Peter's creeping in more and more. A little bit. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and back to being snappy. Um, again, honing in on that, that nervous performance now means, because now it's on my mind to like push it, push it fast. Um, that when we finish filming, I feel like we've filmed 20 seconds worth of video, but so far there are turning out to be around five minutes each week. 
Um, and it's neat too because we're the the traditional style of a blog um, is you know based on a blog, based on a diary, and a lot of that is a place for you to or whoever's vlogging to sort of talk about their week and things that have happened and a lot of it tends to get drawn out and so you get like a 15 minute long story about how you maybe came across a dish that had fish mint in it and then you yeah. tasted it and then you didn't like it. So it's kind of kind of fun to like figure out how in five minutes do we fit a fish mint story uh, a comment from somebody and a couple other different like story segments that we yeah. do. And that is, you sit down in five minutes, and we, we just take that, and, yeah. then, and then walk away from it, and I yeah. do all the yeah. effects to it, so it's rather than like, how do, you, how do you tell a story in like, you've got two and a half minutes, go! Yeah, yeah. what's the least amount of detail that you can give and have it still have an arc and a story? Yeah, we're going to do as, as little, as minimal cuts as possible, yeah. just, just go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, so that was our giraffe this week. And then our middle video, Taobao Scam. Um, another classic. Another classic. That was another one that you were, I think we did it after a live stream. Maybe. Because I remember I was already like made up and we were at the computer and you're just like, no, just stay and I'll set up all these cameras and we'll do that one too. We'll do. Um, yeah. Because we had talked about, so the story is... Um, Taobao is an online shopping site in China, and generally it's safe, um, but there are a couple scams you have to be aware of. And so we like, use it all the time. Yeah. Everyone uses it I mean, all the time. Every week we have a <laughs> Taobao recent purchase. <laughs> Foreigners use it. Chinese people use it. It's like you can, if you go to our, our open front gate of our complex, there's mm -hmm. just like towers of Taobao that is delivered every day to the Yeah, complex. but somehow we had like six cameras on that one yeah well that that was our, our the fun part of it was that we were going to figure out like how many cameras do we have in the house yeah well, whatever they are from the computer to phones yeah to... and stylistically that was to capture this kind of like cyber security surveillance camera feeling and we just like set them up all around me um and so peter had fun figuring out the multicam on that <laughs> Yeah, we, I think up to that point we were trying to figure out how to use multicam, um, just the logistics of like how do you edit yeah, in the program yeah. and stuff. So we're like, let's put his, all of them, all yeah. of the, the, the angles and we can figure out how to jump from one shot to the next. And I'll tell you, the key is slate that. If you don't slate it, usually most editors will try to automatically sync them up by the audio but sometimes they mess up or sometimes one camera doesn't have the right data and especially if you have six cameras i mean that's a rare pretty specific situation but it's way easier to sync on a slate than it is to try to match up the words and my mouth movements in a shot so yeah i don't even know there's, there's been more than one time that i've had to do it by hand it's not uncommon that it fails um, so, if you want to do multicam, get a slate, or even just clap like that. But do do something that has a visual and a sound. Yeah, and you have to make thing. sure that you're in, <laughs> in each camera. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you miss, just, if the camera misses the slate, then that's useless. Don't just go slapping around the corner. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could compare the sound waves, um, but that's that's don't don't make your life harder. It's <laughs> no. hard enough as it is. No, it's like some kind of puzzle in a video game. I know. <laughs> Not a fun video game, but I no. play it. <laughs> Um, so that was basically Taobao. I mean, that that was the thing. It was a kind of stylistic thing and then a, a, a production exercise for Peter to figure out. Um, and then that brings us to Field Notes, which is a story that was like a couple years in the making. It was based on a, a trip we took out into the countryside in 2014, I believe. And then at the time, we kind of edited together... A little music video, which was the first appearance of the Uncle Foreigner theme, I believe. I think so, yeah. Um, which Peter had been working on since before we left America. He didn't know it yet that mm -hmm. that was the Uncle Foreigner thing, but theme. But it's a it was a riff that he'd been playing with for a while, and then so he put he put that song to images from our trip just up this little mountain that like we lived nearby. Um, and then to revisit it, to make it something more, I wrote kind of a personal essay about that experience and what it was like to go up into the countryside versus living in the city. And it was something, it was just, it was like a meaningful day and then it was meaningful to revisit it. So it was, um, Essentially, yeah, we, we blogged about it. Yeah. And we told the whole story and we then put up a little music video for it and kind of set it aside and we're like, oh, that was a nice day. Yeah. And then later, years later, once getting into the video, we're like, this is a great story. Let's put it together Yeah. and try and, I mean, it's tough because we weren't, we didn't shoot it for the idea of having it to be a, right. a long right. running piece that with commentary. So that's, that took a while to like, to, to tape it all together into one coherent thing. Yeah. I think we must've had to do, we did the our standard at the time was that Peter would edit together the footage and then I would write narration to go with it. So I think that was the order we did things in. And then I think I had to edit it a uh, edit my voiceover a couple times to actually get the timing right, which was always difficult. Well, we uh, we mixed we, we did many passes over it because yeah. we yeah. I would do the the visuals and then ask you to write something to it and then I'd change the 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 visuals to fit the your what you wrote and then yeah. change the to change your words because uh, you you're not even it's not like you just sat down to a video and spoke over it right it's, right right it's all it's all delicately yeah, composed and <laughs> this is not really a workflow we do anymore because it's pretty labor intensive but we were really uh, proud of this story and we we wanted to get it right. And then also Peter had an idea for this, the sound of the narration to kind of have it be this... Um, the natural sound. Yeah, though. whispery, quiet, like the wind is telling you a story. <laughs> um, so the way we got that is I hung a bunch of blankets from our bunk bed, because we have a bunk bed in our second bedroom, and I, I made this like little sound-deadened studio, because we don't have a real sound studio, and then just like whispered into a microphone 
Um, which, which is, is uh, why it, people that have looked at it more than a couple times have asked, like, if we do ASMR. Yeah, because I, I have a good voice for that, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was there was some tricks we used for that video, and then it got a really good response. That was our first really big video, I think. Yeah, the first the one first that, that hit, you know, bigger than... Big in terms of popularity and response from an audience. Yeah. Um, and then this time around, it is also doing quite well, so I think... It is something that we had, we had to press for for the first time because we had absolutely no audience. Now we have a tiny, tiny bit of an audience, and we know how to pull it together. So in I'm, it's been up for what about thirty hours now or something. Yeah. And, but the internet's been down for half of that. So we have no idea last how it's time done. We checked, it was somewhere around like forty, like last night or something. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, but we already got. Um, it did great for the minutes, so yeah, people, yeah, people watching are watching most the, of it. the whole thing, and at least comments. half. And we got picked up on whatever Walnut. Oh was. yeah, some aggregator, some YouTube aggregator picked us up as part of their 10 videos of the day. 10 best videos of the day for Walnut. Walnut dot TV, TV, whatever. Which we're not sure what that is, but getting noticed is always nice. Yeah, it's nice because it was in a, uh, well, two handfuls of videos that were like, yeah, uh, one was a short that had Alfred Molina in it, and like, I mean. Yeah, it was, a, a, it was, it didn't look like spam, it looked like someone had chosen some yeah, interesting videos. Whatever the, what this is, it's, it's something where people have handpicked videos off the internet for that yeah. day going, these are the best ones to watch. Yeah. So, whatever that is, it's oh, nice to actually, cool. somebody to, be, <laughs> to pick it out and go like, this is a good one, everyone watch it. Yeah. Now, if, like, everyone would share that way. Yeah. <laughs> and Spread the word! At the time last year when we posted it, it had it was like our Swing for the Fences video. And achieving that felt good, but then it also kind of pushed us... Not in a bad way. I think it's always good to, like, have ambition, but we kind of then started, like, taking bigger and bigger swings that were maybe not sustainable <laughs> like it's not the kind of video you could put out once a week you'd need that's the kind of video that needs some production time we were also watching a lot of tutorials that were saying i mean it's still that way to some some extent but some people have backed off the amount of minutes a video should be what you want is a longer longer watch time so if you make yeah. a 15 a 20 a 30 minute video people might watch three minutes of it as opposed to 30 seconds of right, it. Right. So we were, we were like, okay, the obvious thing most people talk about is, is a 10 minute, make it over 10 minutes. Yeah. And then great if you can make it over 20 minutes. So we were looking at that and going like, all right, we got to make 15 and 20 minute videos. Yeah. And it's no, no regrets. We did the things we did that got us here, but it did field notes. The success of field notes led us down a path that ended with biting off a little bit more than we could chew, but we'll get to that in future weeks. Yeah. Um, for now, field notes. Watch it on Walnut TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of our favorite videos, I would think, still. And it's our, also um, probably our most mainstream. It's our mainstream and most personal. Like, yeah. 
a lot of times which we was just, why it we're makes, goofing around, and that's which you know, is why nothing wrong with goofing around. So hard to, to you can't make that every week. You can't yeah, make yeah. A, a special moment from your memory that right. Makes, that was three years of memories and eight years of yeah artistic thinkings and. 80 years of yeah. uh, experience. I think, yeah, <laughs> one of the things that people are, or if you're encouraged on YouTube to make a video once a week or sometimes once a day, yeah, it's if the, you're encouraged to make a beautiful, wonderful piece every day that is going to blow people's minds. Well, yeah, that's, if you have a success, then make more yeah. that are like that success. Right. Like, we can't do that every Great. week. Great. Every week I'll put out a piece <laughs> of genius. Which is now why we um, are taking this, we have this big project in mind, and so we're taking this time. We don't, we haven't put a time pressure of, like, we got to get this done by next week because we know from that experience, like, if you're, um, you got to give, you've got to give your work the time it needs to develop. So. Yeah. And in the meantime, um, you can work on, on fun and, and less meaningful things, like yeah. social, you know, dealing with, with commentary from, from your fans and, and little silly things that happen to you in your life. Like, yeah. not everything has to be, yeah. the, but the, the thing is on a weekly basis, we can still work on creativity of how do we tell stories and what kind of graphics we use or right, what right. we film. Well, because the YouTube answer of, like, what's what's more important, quantity or quality, is both. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you'd put out a ton of really good stuff every week, and that's just not possible. Yeah, so I mean, well, if, if you look at the history of TV and movies, no one can follow that. Yeah. Ask Martin Scorsese to come out with a wonderful piece of work every movie he's done, and I'm sure you can point to a couple that you're just like, eh, I didn't really like that movie. And we're just like Martin Scorsese. Yes. So leave us alone. <laughs> Every week, more Scorsese coming at you. So let's go on to homeschool film school. So we're inspired by the experience of filming field notes to talk about some, some different kinds of on-location filming that we've done. And so... There's kind of different categories depending on what you want. There's the ever talked about B-roll, which, excuse me, B. I'm so upset. Most people on YouTube use this, this term that's actually a real term, filmmaking term, just to mean like junk you put on when you need to change the shot that's like background shots. But it really should be background shots that bolster the main a, a story that you're telling and just like maybe it's something that's happening in the background of the place that you're in or maybe it's a different angle or sometimes it has nothing to do I mean if you're really good at it it will always mean something to yeah. your your main your a story but I mean at some points if you want to have really fun with it if you're like I'm doing a video about a bird and then you show a coke can as your b-reel like yeah but i mean technically b-reel would be anthony bourdain's in a restaurant having an interview that's the a role and then the b-roll would be shots of the hot sauce that are on the table or shots of the diners in the restaurant it's but it's like it's not just random creating cutaways atmosphere yeah and 
B-roll is probably shot on a different day. Anthony Bourdain's not there for when they're shooting the B-roll, but it, it would be like, it enhances the environment of the shoot that you're in. It's not, it's not just random shots, which is sometimes... Unless you're being silly or you're not very good. Sometimes how it's used. <laughs> um, but so, anyway, B-roll should be pretty planned out to fit the content of your A-roll. Um, you're an A-roll. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. So it's it. That's fairly simple. But it annoys me that this is <sighs> okay. Um, but really, the the different categories of filming I wanted to talk about is for us when we've done gathering stories by going out and filming stuff with no plan, just to see what we can get versus. Um, having a story and going out to get specific shots. And we still kind of use both. Yeah. Um, I like for our... Are there any in the Now's Up? There might be in, like, the Christmas. Oh, yeah, in the Christmas one. Way back at the beginning of our... Yeah. So, and then now is a segment where it just is, like, little slices of life of Lujo five-second segments that are put together in a minute to put you in the environment of... Ten-minute seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds for a minute? For one minute, yeah. That's right. Something like that. That's just six shots, then. I forget what it is, but... Whatever the timing is. It's just quick cuts of places around Lujo. And the way that I would get those shots is usually on my walk to and from school, I would designate Monday and Tuesday... Um, as my days pretty much along that same route. Sometimes I would take a detour, sometimes I'd go a block in the other direction and just plop my camera down, see what happens in front of it. And it would be gold every time. <laughs> no, I, I would bring it back to Peter, and then Peter would find the best moment out of it and stitch that together into... It's the equivalent of, of people watching. If you just sit on a bench, yeah. eventually at some point there's going to be a certain you know, handful of people that are going to walk by and do something funny because that's what humans do. Yeah. So if you're setting a trap, just like a park bench mm -hmm. with a camera, then you can capture... Uh, like, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be sitting through 10 minutes of footage waiting for like one funny kid to walk by with a funny cowlick. Yeah. That's the one! <laughs> But it's kind of worth it, it, at least as an experiment. But uh, yeah. if one, once you get down to the editing, it's a lot of editing to do, but it's worth it because you end up finding a good couple handfuls of segments that are just like capturing. Particularly for us, it's it's Lou Joe, so we want yeah. to we want you to see what life is like Lou Joe when you're walking to the grocery store, when you're walking to work. These are the the people that live in our neighborhood. And I would say when I'm in that mode of keeping my eyes out for potential interesting situations. You can't wait till something interesting is happening because then it's too late to capture it. But if you do see like this is an area that gets a lot of traffic or I'm in the grocery store parking lot and I can see this traffic jam developing, quick plop down the camera. When I have those eyes on, it's impossible for me to get anywhere because every two seconds I'm like, stop, put the camera up. You got it. Something's gonna happen, um, which is really fun. But it is like 
that's all I'm doing that if, day. <laughs> if you watch somebody who's a, a professional videographer by trade or, or photographer, they've always got their camera like on a gun on their hip, like yeah, ready to yeah. take a shot at any, or they're already taking shots. They just, they have an eye for like right through their lens at all times. You, I think a lot of them would probably, if they could get a cyber camera attached right into their eye, they'd yeah, be filming yeah, everything yeah. all day long. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of hard to like be doing your regular everyday life and go like, oh, that, oh, look at that kid over there, get a shot. Yeah, because you're just like watching how everything looks and you're like, are you talking to me? I'm watching this. <laughs> my camera's in my purse. Yeah. It's not on. <laughs> the battery's dead. Oh, I'm missing it. Yeah, and then, it, it, yeah, that's a lot of fun. So you're a predator. <laughs> it does, I mean, it does feel like I'm being a creep sometimes. Um, and maybe I am. I am, I'm watching people just live their lives. <laughs> well, it's, a, uh, it's for art, though, yeah, so. It's, it's interesting in the sense that you are a writer, and in a way, from a visual standpoint, you're extending that to a visual medium of a writer observes everyone right, around them right. so that they can create characters and you are capturing their actual, you know, yeah, well, movement, so. Like, now you have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to journalism school to be a journalist, but people consider journalists creeps because they're all up in everybody's business. And the same with, like, artists are creeps because they're always watching you and trying to make your story into something. Yeah. So remember that. It's not just, it's not just glamour. You're just sitting <laughs> yeah. around watching people and being creepy. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, some people are malicious, I suppose, about it. Like, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to make a note of what this person did to me and then I'm going to write them into a story as, like, the villain. It's not that that yeah. doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> it's, it's rare that it's like a revenge. <laughs> Is it though? Quoting. But I think far more often people, by accident, write unflatteringly about their friends and family, and their friends and family recognize it. Yeah. And the writer themselves might be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's right. me! Uh, yeah, and a, a writer's defense oftentimes is like, I didn't realize that for, for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> I went back and I realized that this was all about my childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're all creeps is the, is the story. Yeah. Um, but so this, this kind of like have your eyes open, have your camera open, that's also how we um, approached Field Notes is that we, t we took this walk up a hill and Peter brought the camera. It really was just like, it was a nice sunny Sunday. We didn't have any work to do. And, it, like, we could have very well stayed home and done laundry and... and we, we had been eyeing that route for a while because it's it did, it's the end of where where our bus stopped, stopped at the school in the countryside. And occasionally we took it farther out to go look for little villages and places to eat. And along the way, just past our, our stop was another stop, which wasn't really a stop. Mm-hmm. And, but we would see people get off there and, and wander down a dirt road or take a motorcycle waiting for them there. And we're like, what happens? What is, what is going on here? So yeah, for, so we literally went out to see what we yeah. could see. And we had the day off, so maybe we get the lost. Camera. Yeah, 
and you can't get lost because there's only one road, it <laughs> turns out. The Chinese countryside, this still baffles me to the day, to, to this day, is like, the way it's constructed, there's not like country paths you can wander down. There is the main county road that the government will have paved, and then maybe you and your neighbors got together to make a concrete walkway to your houses, but it doesn't branch off. There's not like, oh, I'll take a left here, and then I'll take a right here. Oh, I'm pleasantly lost. Yeah, there's there's only like... Streets and blocks, and like there's, it, it's one... There's the main road, and then you're at someone's house. Yeah, and they've become dirt paths, and they've become paths between between small semi-villages yeah. and uh, usually with a lot of farmland in between. So like your dirt path, like that time we went out for a dragon boat that Patrick took us out and- Yeah, and we, we ended up walking through someone's farm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just like walking through somebody's, like literally like past their house and saying hello and, and petting their ducks and yeah. walking <laughs> through their rice fields. And we're like, yeah. we should we be here? Yeah. And nobody knew that yeah. we, <laughs> our we Chinese were, friends didn't know how to get home. We or, were in a big group of city folk too. Though. Yeah. It's like, we don't know where we are. Or a big group of like, of maybe five or 10 or something. So yeah. it wasn't like we got stuck in some kind of wayward tour group or something. Yeah. It's just a couple of us wandered off from, from the lake trying to find our way home. And we just ended up yeah. down dirt yeah. paths. <laughs> but concrete paths. There's some of them. Some of them were logs. That's true. But there's not like a dirt road, like you'd ride a bike down. Yeah, not Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nothing like that. But so anyway, Peter brought the camera and filmed our ascent and descent. And then, so this style of filming, it's, um, it's time intensive to film and then it's pretty time intensive to go through all the footage and, and extract a story from it. Yeah, because we didn't. We weren't even thinking of vlogging it at that point, so we weren't talking or doing stuff to perform in front of the camera. It was just taking it like as if they were moving pictures, as if I was a photographer. Of, Let's yeah, just stop yeah. and get a, a shot here and listen to the birds. And I would say that this maybe fits into like our theory of subtractive sculpture versus additive sculpture. This would be where you subtract the material to find the story within. Yeah, t take as much footage as you can, use as much clay as you can. Yeah, make that make that big mountain and then shape it. Yeah, start peeling away until you actually find where the story is. Versus much more often now what we do is additive in that like, well for Fishment, we had a meal that we accidentally ordered Fishment, so Peter took footage of me eating that and then there was something later Oh, the complaint about macaroni and cheese. Mm. I talked about macaroni and cheese. So we went out and like, we didn't have to go outside, but it was a nice sunny day. So we wanted to. And you want to make it interesting. I think this is some of the stuff of like working professionally. If we're working at a newspaper and I need a graphic for something and maybe you can't find a good shot of it, like on iStock or, uh, you know, AP Press or something, then you go to the store and you buy a carton of milk and you do your own photography or yeah. if I need somebody in the street for a photo or something and it's not like a news story yeah then you just take one of your co-workers downstairs and say like go oh, stand across the street and wave 
So you have to be ready to like, I, I need a shot. I need something yeah. here. I need a graphic. I need something. Which goes back to what you were saying with kind of like with B-roll. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to create that on the spot, whether right. it's a drawing or a graphic. Or which I guess this is kind of a meandering discussion, but that's that's the homeschool film school guarantee. Yeah. We're going to meander. Because we have a, a third type that's our library footage, which is mm. sometimes when I'm in the mode of, of filming, um, that's when I'm filming. <laughs> when I'm in the mode of filming, I'll just like film funny things that are happening and we put them up in our library. And Peter, we have it kind of organized. You have it pretty organized. Bit, yeah. Um, and Peter has a good sense of what's where. So if we do, like for example, in last week's giraffe, we talked about popcorn and I did, I had taken a shot over the summer of some of my students eating popcorn. And so Peter remembered that yeah. and, and slapped that in there. We've and got that, hundreds and hundreds of hours of things and it's just, it's, it's uh, uh, as best as I can have put it in some kind of order, but it's in my memory of like, she's talking about popcorn. Uh, I know she put somewhere footage of some children eating popcorn. That's what we use. Yeah, and that that stuff can really help in terms of like, it's it would be hard to go stage a shot with kids eating popcorn and... Yeah, go find a kid, go find a popcorn. <laughs> it's not something that I'm likely to just stumble upon on the street. So that is also helpful to have this library of of different images. So, um, I don't know, always bring your camera. <laughs> but I, I think this way of working, of like there is a... There is a specific story that we've already decided on ahead of time, and then like what kinds of shots do we need to add on to it? Oh, here's stuff in our library, or oh, I know that you walk by the park, can you go get some footage of the grandma's dancing? Um, it takes a lot less time, and I think, you know, I don't want to say it's more sophisticated, but it's a more structured, Usually a more structured piece results from working that way. So I, 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 again, I think that's the, having the experience of working for years and years in an office where that's what you do. Like, yeah. we've been trained to be like, where are you going to find your material? So you, you're always having your, I think it's part of telling the story of keeping your eye out. Like, where, where yeah. am I going to find this story? Yeah. And where, what might I need later? Well, it was good training. I used to resent this as a writer at the newspaper, that we were not really allowed to have written things without enough imagery, photos to go with it, because people don't read, and we need lots of photos. But now, like, making movies, of course there has to be images that go with it, so. Yeah, I mean, a big part of what I do is trying to come up with imagery to go with your stories. Yeah. But it really helps me out if you can say, like, I got an idea for a story. Did you film anything? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the different kinds of footage that we we take. In terms of A, B, and whatever roles. Yeah, library. Um, and I would say that the first collagey way of working, we don't just because it takes so much time. 
Well, a lot and of it is it is more exploratory, which is like that's a fun way to work, but that's not the way we're working right now. That was more out of necessity because we yeah. weren't filming anything to actually put it into an actual narrative. Right. So it, it was like we have all this stuff laying around, and we've got some cool pictures. What do yeah. we do with them? So we just kind of like lined them all up and went, well, this one's a story, and that yeah. one's a story. Well, in the videos we took that way were literally us exploring. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we kind of have, you know, we're not done exploring, but we have some concrete ideas that we'd like to flesh out before we just like go so freeform. Which is, I mean, a lot of them have fallen through the cracks that we still have the footage laying around, and we have what things like what Taiwanese pancake or whatever yeah. that like will, <laughs> will pop up every now and then. Like the we, workflow killer. Yeah. When when we we have folders of stuff of like, if we need a story, there's something laying around. Well, and that is, I mean... But we don't really like to work that way because it's not the most efficient and it's not even the best stories. We, yeah. Sometimes we luck into it with, it's a, such a good story, like Field Notes. Yeah, But, yeah. but the pancake continuously gives us no inspiration <laughs> even though we've but, got good footage of it but so does everyone else too everyone that has any kind of vlog in china has a pancake video so it's kind yeah. of like what else do we have to say it's delicious eat it but it is like so we're not we're probably not going to make the Taiwan street pancake video but we may make a video that incidentally needs some footage of someone making a Taiwan street pancake and we have that yeah, or um, even just so some street food or something that makes for nice background yeah. stuff. It's, um, never throw anything out. I'm yeah, sure. Be a hoarder. <laughs> Don Cage said that in his Rules for Artists, but I'm sure, you know, other people And then he throw, threw everything out for 433. Or he threw everything in. Oh, devoid of color, rainbow. <laughs> um, but let's watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Our watch it this week is the IFC series documentary now, which if you're not familiar with it, is some Saturday night, Saturday night Live veterans who love documentaries just get together and make parodies of existing documentaries, which and some pretty big Hollywood stars too. Oh yeah, yeah, they've they've got. I mean, I guess Lauren Michaels just knows everybody. Yeah, and I th I think he's a producer on that. Um, but the, what I like about it is that it is so inessential. Like why, why remake, and not even remake, but like why make a loving recreation of the, the Pennebaker documentary company about the Stephen Sondheim musical cast recording. But why not? It's, I mean, like it's so much love for the art is what I think makes it a lot of it is done so in the, watchable in the same kind of spirit as as spinal tap like, what, i would what, say what they the started there but yeah. i think like they and then and it's still funny they're yeah. still like they're finding mock, the mock humor documentaries and uh, if you go with spinal tap it's one of the first ones i guess i don't know but, but like, I, I think they're but it like, is done with love and it's not quite so it's funny but not jokey i would say mm. Um, cause they really go all in too on the, like this last one that we just watched, um, based on the Stephen Sondheim musical cast recording, they, 
season three, episode three. Yeah, they it, <laughs> they recreated like a very seventies feel. The the film stock looked aged that way. The music, the hairstyle. Yeah, they wrote a whole musical. <laughs> um, and it's it, like, it's pure frosting. Like, nobody needs any of this, and they did it anyway, and I love that. Um, I think it really is, like, for the genre. Because there is, like, um, just to use Spinal Tap as an example that everyone yeah. knows, is when, when the rock stars sat down to watch it, like in all the interviews, people for years would ask rocks, legitimate rock stars, like, how do they feel about Spinal Tap? And every rock star, Alice Cooper, all of them were like, <laughs> oh my God, this is really embarrassing because it's not, it's not a joke. <laughs> this is exactly what happens to us every night. We're, we're absolutely fools. Yeah. But I think enjoying telling those stories, that, how funny they are, yeah. is, is where people like, I, I want to tell this story because... It's it's so much fun. Well, I think it's it's the the human aspect of like we're all nosy. We want to know about other people's lives, but reality TV kind of quickly figured out that real people are boring, <laughs> and documentary often can be really powerful, but then like kind of unsatisfying in the end because real life doesn't end with a narrative button um so i'll admit this that some of the document documentary now episodes that we've watched are takeoffs of documentaries that i've had in my netflix queue for like years and years and years and years like i always thought i should watch great gardens and i never ever did and i didn't even watch the movie version with um what's her name drew barrymore but I watched the documentary now version, and I feel like it's fine. It's a nice half hour. Yeah, yeah. So I like my stories nice and neat and wrapped up, and fiction. I like my nonfiction to actually be fiction. I think, which we discussed a little bit before with American Vandal. Um, mm. But like this, this season is pretty strong so far of documentary now. Um, the opener was a takeoff of Wild Wild Country, which is about the actual documentary is about a cult that took over a small Oregon town. And it, like, people were obsessed with it last summer. And it's just not something I'm ever going to watch. But I really liked the documentary <laughs> now version of it. it like seeing somebody make fun of it. Yeah, ma well, make fun of it and also love it. And also, like mine all of the drama from it and have it wrap up i mean it's still pretending to be a documentary so they still have like kind of an ambiguous ending but it's like a fiction ambiguous ending so it's still well, it's one of the pretty satisfying going back to being a writer mm -hmm. of, of watching stuff of watching people and trying to figure out what they're going to do next yeah. and in real life it's probably something fairly predictable and boring when you fictionalize that true story and you turn it into like, yeah, I know they just kind of like went back to their old job, but what if they actually became an elephant and flew to the moon? Like, what, what kind of wild right. thing can I take this off in a different direction that like, we'll make it a little more, like we were saying, like with, with Law and Order, mm -hmm. yeah. classically it starts off every episode with like, 
ripped from the headlines. Yeah. But then you get halfway through and you're like, this isn't how that case went at all. Right. <laughs> well, and that you can you can tell by the minute, like if we have a suspect in custody but we're only 10 minutes in, that guy didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if someone got released at that point, that's the guy who did it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and that law and order, if they do have an ambiguous ending, it's like, on purpose ambiguous for maximum emotional impact instead of just like real I mean more more than real life real crime often ends very unsatisfyingly um from a narrative perspective yeah just say nothing of like of the people crime effects yeah (laughs) somebody got something taken away from them somebody's dead somebody's in jail somebody yeah. goes back to work somebody's sad so yeah like they never recovered the stolen thing yeah. or it turns out we have no idea who's lying about what so no one really knows at all what happened which thinking about it that's kind of how law and order always ends but <laughs> but like in a way that's like climactic rather than anticlimactic yeah they found, a, found a way to to give it a, enough of a twist where it's like, bum, bum. Yeah. But in real life, it's just kind of like, you and get... then those people <laughs> went on to live the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> life went on, and there was no bum, bum. Yeah. Slowly, the trauma faded from everyone's mind. Yeah, and you've everyone forgot about it until somebody picked it up and started yeah. telling this documentary. Yes, yeah, someone made now. a documentary <laughs> years later. And the documentary now made a nice, neat, funny version of it <laughs> but yeah but it, yeah it's, it's fun it's a, it's the third season now yeah and yeah. it's just getting underway so get in there get in there there was so, totally another thought I had to do with documentaries to do with documentaries and law and order crimes I, I can't I'm not gonna think of it don't think of it that's the and crime that's, here that's the letdown that's the letdown of real life. We just wander away from the story, leaving you hanging. Oh, this is what I was Oh, wow! Because um, we... For this tantalizing project we're not telling you anything about, I've been doing a lot of analysis of story structure, of fiction story structure. And the big thing about the ending of stories is they're supposed to take you back to where you started, but the main character has learned a lesson. So it is like... If they flew away to the moon on an elephant, they'd have to come home and have a new appreciation for elephants or something. Um, they would not end with them living on the moon. Or if it did, it would be like they recreated their old life on the moon. They have to return back home, but changed is the whole. That's what we find satisfying in Western culture. Maybe all cultures, but specifically I do know Western culture. Our stories since the beginning of writing down stories end that way. And so that is real life. What's unsatisfying is either people don't learn lessons or their life is just changed and that's it. <laughs> um, that's, we rarely find a situation in real life where like we, want, we went through something but came back to the beginning richer for the experience i think more often we just continue to be who we are well if we if we go back a few episodes for us for uncle says about the documentary um from the singapore woman switchers stitchers oh shirkers shirkers 
the the arc of the guy that uh, basically kind of drifted from Singapore to from America to Singapore to another place. Oh yeah, place. yeah, yeah. He, he like has this really exciting like, who is he? Oh my goodness, he does this. Oh, twist. He's this. Oh, this, this, this. And then he eventually just drifted away, and we have no idea what happened yeah. to him, and he yeah. finally died. There's no resolution, and, and there's no. His wife has nothing to add to the story. All that's left is a stack of, of film reels yeah. that are unfinished. And we have no idea why he took them or what, yeah. Yeah, so you're there's, kind there's of... There's no answers. There's a good example of, like, well, if you're not given the, the trip back home, yeah. then you're just kind of left with, like, well, what was the point? Yeah, you really feel left hanging. Which is an existential horror of any kind of story. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Crap, why did we even bother waking up? Yeah. So with that, um, <laughs> why did we bother waking up? There's no internet. Noodles to you.